All right, so in my last episode, I talked to you and showed you how Carrie Lake totally crushed Katie Hobbs. Please watch the previous episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. We got another Carrie Lake story to start off here. This is kind of interesting. It looks like uh, Carrie Lake bumped into Morning Joe and Morning Mika at the airport. And a little drama took place. Carrie Lake challenged liberal commentators Joe Scarsborough and his wife, Mika, to have her on MSNBC's Morning Joe yesterday after a run-in at an airport in Florida where Mika attempted to secretly record her while attacking her as delusional and a liar. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. She's like this with her phone and someone caught her recording and you can see the screen. She is uh, not a James O'Keefe. She's not from OMG or the old Project Veritas. She was very obvious in her recording. Now... This is uh, what Carrie Lake uh, shared. She said, ran into Joe and Mika from MSNBC at the airport. Joe was fairly nice, but his wife, Mika, started recording me, called me a liar, and said I was delusional. They constantly lie and disparage me on national TV. I wonder if they'd be brave enough to have me on their show. Of course, they're not. Very interesting. Carrie Lake also expounded on this. She talked to the Gateway Pundit and said, Quote, at the end of the conversation, I asked her if she was recording and she admitted she was. According to Carrie, Joe Scarsborough became perturbed when he discovered that his unhinged wife recorded the conversation. Given that there's rumors that Morning Joe uh, may have been the reason for the death of one of his former staffers uh, when he was a politician, Mika may want to tread lightly. Lake said she did not consent to being recorded, but Florida's two-party recording laws do not apply in public spaces like the airport. Mika can legally release the audio tape. Not a tape, though. It's funny, we're still calling it audio tape. We should just be calling it, uh, you know, the video or uh, the audio recording. I don't even know the last time even I even physically with my eyes saw any kind of tape, whether videotape or audio tape. But I digress. Mika can legally release the audio, but likely will not because of her alleged meltdown and attacks against uh, Lake. Lake, a trained professional in taking on the false news media, certainly did not fumble or budge to hacks like Scarborough and Mika. Remember, when it come, one of the reasons why Carrie Lake is so effective is because she was a journalist herself. She kind of knows the game. She knows the other side and she can kind of flip the table and flip the script on him. So uh, there you have it. There you have uh, uh, another Carrie Lake story. Two in a row. Let's see if she has anything else for us to report on over the weekend. All right, let's talk about the 2024 presidential race. We got a lot of news uh, on this, but let me just give you the bullet points. First of all, the Harvard poll 
came out and it shows that President Trump is still leading Joe Biden by four points. This is one of the polls of registered U.S. voters that tends to have them being closer than other polls. Interestingly enough, it shows that uh, President Trump is leading Biden 45 to 41, so it's close, but he blows out Vice President Kamala Harris by 10 points. So those who would vote for Joe don't, they, they do not want Kamala Harris. She is done. She, she's done. Unless, of course, they are between in, in the next couple of years because of Hunter or because of the documents. Oh, I didn't forget about the classified documents that Hunter Biden had access to to show foreign adversaries that were at the UPenn Center, at the uh, at the Biden Institute, in his garage, in his home. I haven't, for, I haven't forgotten. You notice how we also aren't hearing much about President Trump's classified Mar-a-Lago docs either? Isn't that interesting? If we didn't know about Joe Biden, remember they try to hide that. If that story hadn't broken, I'm sure we'd still be hearing ad nauseum about the not just the Alvin Bragg situation, but also the documents. Plus, we got special counsel Jack Smith, and we've got this ridiculous thing uh, in Georgia. And still, President Trump is leading 81 million ballot man Joseph Robinette Jr. Here's a question. If the 2024 election for president were held today, and it was between Donald Trump, the Republican, and Joe Biden, the Democrat, who would you vote for? I'm not going to go through it, but President Trump is still doing very well with Republicans. About four and five Republicans are are backing him over others. The poll also showed the majority of Republicans believe that the former president will clinch the GOP nomination, beating both Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley in a head-to-head matchup. Interestingly enough, uh, there is a plurality of voters on both sides that are concerned about Biden's mental and physical fitness. He would be 86 years old at the end of a second term if we were to be uh, saddled and uh, cursed with that being a reality. Now, if you are a one of the BCP family members that, and I, I'm, I'm flattered and I find this incredible that there are people that, and I'm truly flattered and humbled, folks, seriously, that there are some of you who listen to everything I put out, not just the two, sometimes three episodes a day. I would say that it's probably anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour of content. I put about an hour a day, I put on content just alone on YouTube. And then the BCP Unfiltered show, Generally, we have three to five episodes a week on that one, on that show. And the episodes there are anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. Some of you catch uh, every one of my programs. I'm flattered. You'll recall that, was it yesterday? Maybe, yeah, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was on Wednesday that I asked uh, you guys about about black conservatives and about a a MAGA black conservative. Who would you like to see? Well, we're going to tackle that in a second. But let's talk about Joe Biden. He is expected to announce his 2024 re-election campaign next week to coincide with the fourth anniversary of him announcing his 2020 run four years ago. The Washington Post is reporting, President Biden and his team are preparing to announce his re-election campaign next week with aides finalizing plans to release a video for the president to officially launch his campaign. 
This is according to three people briefed on the plan. Biden and his aides have targeted Tuesday for the release of the video to coincide with the four-year anniversary of his 2020 campaign launch. The people briefed on the plans who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss private deliberations cautioned that the official announcement could be delayed. I mean, what if they don't get his cocktail right and he's not lucid that day? They would have to delay it. And for those of you that have been here for a while, do you remember when, I don't know why, but the word anonymity, well, I just couldn't say it. it. It was the wackiest thing. I had like a week where I couldn't say anonymity. It was, it was, it was driving me nuts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So, in the meantime, uh, preparing for the 2024 official announcement of Joe Biden running in 2024, uh, as I said, we have the 34 felony accountment of Z Z Z Zorro, Georgie Porch back DA, Alvin Bragg, trying to derail the 2024 campaign of President Trump to no avail. His popularity actually went up and DeSantis's actually went down. Interestingly enough, we got the Georgia prosecutor who is supposedly trying to get President Trump on a RICO and conspiracy charge for his efforts to question what happened three years ago. And then, of course, we got uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith. They're trying to get uh, President Trump on an obstruction charge. Okay. Did any of you say Larry Elder when I say what black conservative you would like to see run for the highest office? Well, if you want it, Larry Elder, you're getting your wish. Conservative talk radio host and former California gubernatorial candidate Larry Elder announced his 2024 presidential campaign yesterday, Thursday, on Tucker Carlson tonight. So now there's quite a few uh, Republican primary candidates. Quote, I am announcing I am running for the presidency of the United States, Elder said during an appearance on Tucker Carlson. Elder received more votes than any other candidate during the failed effort to recall California Governor Gavin Newsom in September of 2021. I can't comment any more than that on this program because of uh, where this program airs. But um, we'll just leave it at that. I want, let's just say, I wonder how well Larry Elder really did in the 2021 recall election. By the way, Larry Elder has opposed President Trump's allegations of what happened in 2020. Important that you know that. He is not supporting President Trump. And that's the kind of guy that the rhinos, the Republicans, and the Democrats want. I'm just saying. Someone who's not going to fight, even if they think that they have uh, been the victim of a misjustice. In recent months, Elder has traveled to battleground states like New Hampshire and Iowa to gauge interest in his candidacy. Elder has reportedly met with donors to discuss his campaign as well. And this is what he tweeted out uh, last night, Thursday. America is in decline, but this decline is not inevitable. We can enter a new American golden age, but we must choose a leader who can bring us there. That's why I'm running for president. Hashtag, we got a country to save, elderforpresident.com. Now, I like uh, Larry Elder as a pundit. 
I don't see any leadership skills from him. Once again, what has Larry Elder led? I believe he was an attorney and he's been a pundit on... Uh, on um, I think he's got a show on Epic Times. And uh, obviously he's, he's got a, a great um, radio show. I think, I, I don't know if it's syndicated or what have you. Um, he would be on in California where he's from. So I don't know the wide reach of his show. But what has he led? What enterprise has he read? What or, uh, led? What organization has he led? If someone's going to be president, I want to see that they have leadership skills. Okay? They've led an organization. They've led a church. They've led a business. They've led as a governor of a state. That's why I generally prefer governors over legislators unless those legislators have executive experience. Like you have someone like a Rick Scott or someone who was a governor and is now in... Uh, in the, in, the, in in on Capitol Hill, but even before all that was a, a successful businessman. So that's the kind of that's the kind of thing I like to see. Larry Elder doesn't fit that bill for me. Plus, I don't like the fact that um, you know he. Uh, let's just leave it. His disagreement with President Trump uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And also, one thing I do like about Larry Elder, he talks a lot about the need for families, marriage. He has this great thing where he says, "You don't want to be poor, uh, finish high school, don't have children out of wedlock." get married. Okay, those are things that I'm, uh, uh, as, a, as a devout Christian, I am definitely for. I saw Larry Elder speak at the first Blexit event, the very first inaugural Blexit event that Candace Owens uh, put together. I know that I know the Blexit thing has died over the last uh, few years. Larry Elder is one of the few people that didn't mingle afterward. It was uh, him and, uh, um, what's her name? Not Laura Ingram. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, it'll come to me. Uh, they didn't mingle with uh, 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 with anyone, but everyone else mingled. Uh, Officer Tatum was cool. Um, uh, David Harris Jr., uh, my man Anomaly, uh, Candace Owens. They came out and talked to people. Who else did I uh, mingle with that day? Uh, Sertovich, Mike Sertovich. So there were, uh, there were, and then there were some other YouTubers that were there as well. So, uh, but Larry Elder... Uh, wasn't one of the people who, uh, who, 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 Ann Coulter was the other person there that didn't mix it with people. So he thinks that he's a leader that can, uh, that can lead America. America's in decline, but this decline is not inevitable. It is a choice made by detached and cynical politicians. As a California resident, I've seen firsthand how decades of Democrat rule have turned the Golden State for many into an unaffordable dystopia. I won't let them do the same to America. We can enter a new American golden age, but we must choose a leader who can bring us there. That's why I'm running for president. Uh, by the way, his big, according to his campaign website, his hot button topics, you'll see this is probably a hot button topic for most of the people running in the Republican primary. Crime, school choice, racial harmony, crushing inflation, growing the economy, restoring America's cities, containing China, and securing the border. President Trump has talked quite a few things about crime as president and since then. Everything from let's take on the cartels to uh, capital punishment uh, for drug dealers, school choice. We know that uh, he had, uh, as far as school choice is concerned, whether you liked or not, his, uh, sec his education secretary was very big on that. Racial harmony. You know how you get racial harmony? You stop talking about race. Crushing inflation, President Trump kept inflation, fought the Fed. Remember, he fought Jerome Powell, kept interest rates low. 
Um, growing the economy, obviously, President Trump was about bringing manufacturing back and what have you. Uh, restoring America's cities. President Trump has been talking about that containing China. President Trump was very tough on China and securing the border. Obviously, build that wall. So there's nothing that, uh, that everything that Larry Elder is saying at this point is just talk. When it comes to comparing him to President Trump, President Trump has the receipts to show that he actually can do it and will do what he's saying. As far as primary debates, though, Larry Elder is a very intelligent man. Once again, I believe he was an attorney. So it would make for a very entertaining and very good debate. That's for sure. So now he leads the, uh, he's he's in, he doesn't lead. He's, he's in the list that now includes uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson and him. And of course, we still have pending out there to officially still put their name in the hat, Mike Pence. Uh, Ron DeSantis, and then also uh, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu uh, might do that as well. Mike Pompeo said he's out. Speaking of uh, DeSantis, he uh, signed a bill ending mandatory unanimous jury vote for the death penalty. So if you recall, on February 14, 2018, there was the Parkland shooting, and the jurors did not give him the death penalty because they have a law until now in Florida, that you have to have unanimous jury vote in sentencing for the death penalty. So now the new law that they've passed is you only need eight jurors uh, to do that. So, you know, a handful of them can't do it. And if they don't, if they have less than eight jurors that agree that, that agree on death penalty, the automatic um, sentencing is life without parole. So this legislation, once again, was prompted by outrage over the three uh, jurors who opted to spare the life of Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz. So only eight of the 12 jurors are needed to, uh, uh, are now needed to support sentencing someone to death. Uh, Ron DeSantis tweeted out yesterday, I signed legislation ensuring the victims of the most heinous crimes get justice. Once a defendant in a capital case is found guilty by unanimous jury, one juror should not be able to vote veto a capital sentence. Uh, there are, as there should be, additional requirements. Um, if fewer than eight jurors recommend a death penalty, the court must impose a recommended sentence of life in prison without without possibility of parole. And uh, there's this, uh, where is it? There must be a aggravating, a death sentence can, can only be imposed if all jurors agree there are at least one aggravating factor beyond a reasonable doubt proving guilt. So there is still a higher bar than just guilty for the death penalty to be rendered. By the way, Ron DeSantis is also going to be traveling overseas as everyone's waiting for his 2024 uh, decision. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will travel to four countries overseas as part of an international trade mission as he prepares to make a decision on whether to enter the 2024 Republican presidential primary. See, I think what, what DeSantis is doing here is he knows that he can't be Trump, but he's thinking, what if something happens and Trump can't run? What if they actually put him in prison? What if something happens and I just backed President Trump or didn't run against him and then he can't even get he can't even run and I lost my chance to save America if he's altruistic or I lost my chance to be president? I mean, I'm sure that's one of the reasons. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a, a leftist. I'm not a Democrat, so I don't uh, purport to know what people are thinking. 
but that would be one of the logical reasons, and Ron DeSantis is a logical man, that he may be weighing whether he runs or not. He's probably thinking President Trump is going to sew it up. He's beating me, he's chouncing me by, by double digits. He's got twice as much support. But what if, just what if the out, there's an outside chance that President Trump doesn't even make it to the primaries because of all these things against him? Plus, he's got people on the establishment rhino side saying, run, run, run. We are going to take care of Trump because don't forget, don't just think that it's the Democrats trying to stop Trump from running in 2024. He's got the establishment Republican Party against him. I love President Trump, but I wish he would stop supporting people like Ron and McDaniel and other swamp creatures that are totally two-faced backstabbers that say they, they're Trump train uh, on the outside, but they're, uh, they're trying to dig a hole for him behind his back. Anyway, this, this whole trip uh, where he'll be meeting with uh, Japanese Prime Minister, the South Korean Prime Minister, and the British Foreign Secretary is all part of a trade mission that will give Florida an opportunity to strengthen economic relationships and continue to demonstrate Florida's position as an economic leader. The, uh, the trip is being paid, according to uh, Politico. Uh, the travel costs are traditionally picked up by the Florida uh, Enterprise Florida, a public-private partnership between Florida's businesses and government leaders. So DeSantis is definitely staying out there in the public eye. Okay. Something happened uh, earlier this month, and we're now getting wind of it. An author of the now-debunked public statement from 51 intelligence officials casting doubt on the bombshell Hunter Biden laptop story revealed this month to Congress that Antony Blinken, then a senior advisor to the Biden campaign, was the impetus for the statement. Let me tell you again. Current Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was the reason why the intelligence community put out that BS letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop story had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. It was put out by the Biden campaign. Kind of like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax originally was put out by the Hillary campaign. You see a pattern here? Former CIA Acting Director Michael Morell testified to the House Judiciary Committee on April 4th that now Secretary of State Blinken called him about the laptop story just days after the New York Post published it and that the call triggered Morell to draft the statement. Now we know about this because Jim Jordan and Michael Turner, both Republicans out of Ohio, Chairman of the Judiciary Intel Committees, uh, Chairman of the Judiciary and Intel Committees, respectively, Jordan, obviously chairman of the judiciary and Turner of the intel committees, made the revelation yesterday in a letter to Blinken that included portions of Morell's testimony. Their chairman wrote that Morell testified in the closed-door interview with the committees that Blinken's call to Morell was, quote, couched as simply gathering Morell's reaction to the Post story, but that in fact it, quote, set in motion the events that led to the issuance of the public statement. Blinken, who was paid $100,000 for his work on the 2020 campaign, was uh, Joe Biden's closet foreign policy advisor, according to the New York Times. So this is kind of, they put in this letter, Jim Jordan uh, and Michael Turner, this part of this exchange. The chairman's letter to Blinken included the following testimony from Morrell to the committee. Question. But prior to Secretary Blinken's call, you, you did not have any intent to write this statement? 
I did not. Okay, so his call triggered? It did, yes. That intent in you? Yes, absolutely. So, then, acting director, well, former, that's right, he, he was then at the time CIA uh, acting director Michael Morell answering the question twice that it was a call from Blinken that got him to draft that letter. The guy who is now the Secretary of State. Okay, we're getting news, uh, a lot of news for a Friday morning. It's quite a bit of news, isn't it? Officials in Tennessee say the release of the Nashville Shooters Manifesto is being stalled because of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It has now been weeks since the shooter, Audrey Hale, attacked a school in Nashville, killing six people, including three children, and we still haven't seen the manifesto that she left behind. That he left behind. That they left behind. That Cersei's left behind. That they, them, she, his, hers, ours, uh, their plural, cis, non-cis, left behind. Now, I showed you the clip the other day of journalist uh, Glenn Greenwald. He had two attorneys back out of helping him after they said they would be happy to help him and get getting those documentation. I think now we know why. Here's Fox News. Tennessee officials say FBI stalling release of Nashville shooter Audrey Hale manifesto. Authorities have delayed the release of the manifesto penned by Audrey Hale. One public official said, calling a it a blueprint on total destruction. Representative Tim Burchett, Republican Tennessee, told the New York Post the FBI was behind the delay while calling for the documents to be released to grieving loved ones and Congress. The manifesto could maybe tell us a little bit about what's going on inside of her head, he told the newspaper. I think that would answer a lot of questions. During a search of the house, Hale shared with her parents during a search of the house Hale sh- shared with her parents, authorities seized 20 journals, five laptops, a suicide note, and various other notes written by Hale, as well as two memoirs, five Covenant school yearbooks, seven cell phones, according to a search warrant. National Council member Courtney Johnson told the Post the FBI has already ruled the manifesto would not be released in its entirety. What I was told is her manifesto was a blueprint on total destruction and it was so, so detailed at the level what she had planned. That's why they don't want to release it. Well, that's the reason or the justification they're giving for not releasing it. Now, if Audrey Hale, we know, was a white cisgender male, the manifesto would have been released before the shooting even happened. Okay, let me follow up on... Uh, on what we talked about yesterday about impeachment, uh, Representative Andy Biggs uh, says he had the imp- he has the impeachment articles to go. I have the impeachment articles to go. Randy Biggs tweeted out yesterday afternoon. It's long past time to impeach the architect of the Biden border border crisis. Fox LA had reported live in DC today. This was yesterday. Growing GOP calls for DHS Secretary Mayorkas to be impeached following a fiery House hearing on Capitol Hill. A cabinet secretary hasn't been impeached in the U.S. since 1876. Speaker McCarthy's office tells me no decision made yet 
still investigating. And this is where the swampiness of Kevin McCarthy comes through. There is no reason why not to impeach Mayorkas. Now, you may say, well, it's, it's going to be, we don't want to do that. Has been done since 1876. We don't want to have a fiasco and nothing's going to happen anyway. Really? Well, I don't really buy that because Congress just passed a bill that we know that Joe Biden is going to veto. So, Ken McCarthy can't fall on that. I mean, it's very obvious that he should be impeached. We also have, um, let's see. Yeah, so that's what we have. We, we have uh, Representative Clay Higgins said, we could give you the money to hire 1,000 new border agents. Nobody wants to work for you. We're done with your lives, America. It's shameful what you've brought upon our country. Marjorie Green said, you're a liar. You are letting this go on. The fentanyl trafficking and the numbers prove it. You can't lie about the facts. You are killing American with your policies. And then we have Mark Green from yesterday. So there's a lot of support for this. And Andy Biggs already has the articles of impeachment drafted. We also have Senator Roger Marshall. Senator Roger Marshall. Okay, so a reminder, impeachment is, just think of it as an indictment. It's charges done in the House of Representatives. That's what they did twice to President Trump on non-impeachable offenses, I may add. Then it goes to a hearing in the Senate where they essentially hold court over that impeachment. Well, of course, both the impeachments and President Trump was impeached. People go, he wasn't impeached. No, he wasn't taken out of office because the Senate did not rule in favor of the impeachment charges that came from the House. But we have in the Senate, Senator Roger Marshall has become the first senator to attempt to mirror the impeachment efforts in the House by introducing a no-confidence resolution against Mayorkas. I don't think the House has a choice. I think it's what Americans are demanding. So we know we've got at least one senator that's on the side of the impeachers in the House if Andy Biggs or someone else is able to actually put forward the resolutions or articles of impeachment and have the vote on it and the vote sends it to the Senate. All right, this last story, I didn't think it was true when I saw it, but apparently this is real. This is Marxism. This is distribution of wealth. This is absolutely ridiculous. This goes against every principle of fairness, meritocracy, and risk. So the Washington Times reported that Biden's people are trying to force borrowers with good credit to subsidize the mortgages of people with bad credit. Let me explain to you. Home buyers with good credit scores will soon encounter a costly surprise, a new federal rule forcing them to pay higher mortgage rates and fees to subsidize people with riskier credit ratings who are also in the market. The fee changes will go into effect May 1st as part of the FHA Federal uh, sorry the FHFA Federal Housing Finance Agency's push for affordable housing. Check check out this insanity. Specialists say home buyers with credit scores of 680 or higher would pay about $40 per month more on a loan of 400,000 
and home buyers who can make down payments of 15 to 20% will get socked with the largest fees. So the less risky borrowers who are putting down heftier down payments and therefore are less of a risk, you know, they've got more skin in the game and have higher credit scores are going to be paying more so that the people who are riskier can get a lower interest rate. They're trying to redistribute the interest rates. This is absolutely crazy. So you pay your bills on time. You work hard to get a, I mean, folks, this is such an obvious, like I'm just, I'm just dumbfounded as a guy who's been in finance and banking and lending and construction loans and mortgages and investment banking Someone with a good risk, someone who sacrifices to have uh, a, a good credit score. I went ballistic the first time. That the very first time I hit 800 score. Now, if some of you don't if they don't understand how credit scores work. You're like, well, you hit 800, aren't you always 800? Not necessarily, because what happens is the credit score is a snapshot, and most of you don't know this. Let me uh, inform you if you're not aware. What the FICO number is, what the Fair Isaac number is, it is a probability number of What's the probability that you are going to default on a credit obligation in the next 30 days? That's essentially what a FICO score is. It's a probability score of you defaulting. So if you work hard and you get up to an 800 score and a 680 score, a 720, a 760, you're, you know, you're, you're a great credit risk because you pay your bills on time. Perhaps you make sacrifices to pay your bills on time and have a great credit score. You're going to put down more money to buy a house and guess what? You're going to be punished and penalized for it as the interest rates go up, as the housing marking is crashing. How can someone refute me when I say that this is all by design? I know that Juniorette is working on a report on this, which will be coming out about the same time or a little bit before, a little bit after this. She'll probably flesh out this story more but you have the basics of it. This is absolutely ridiculous. Mortgage lenders and real estate lenders are opposed to the new fees and say they will confuse and frustrate home buyers who will view them as penalties for building good credit. They also say the additional costs could not come out of the worst time after a year which the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates, lifting mortgages above 6%. Absolute insanity. All right, folks, that's the update I have for you. Uh, I'll have another one for you. Press like, share, and subscribe, and the notification bell if you're on YouTube. If you're watching this on Spotify or listening to this on the BCP Podcast Network on all the major podcast platforms, make sure that you follow or whatever button is there to let that system know that you are a fan and following or subscribe to this program. Until the next one, ciao, goodbye, God bless.